0: Brought to you by Guatney Chevrolet. At the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville, this is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine here. Excited to talk to our guest today, Kayla Rundle. She is very, very popular on the Internet. She's a social media uh, sensation with thousands of followers on YouTube, Instagram, and like 144,000 followers on TikTok. Unbelievable. How are you, Kayla?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, gosh, of course. And and where did you grow up at?
1: I was born in Chicago, but I was raised in Phoenix, Arizona, way out in the hot weather.
0: <laughs> and they, I've been out there a few times. You can't even get in your car without burning your hands on the door handles and touching the steering wheel. It's hot.
1: Oh it is. I put some uh, oven mitts in my door when I get in the car to drive some days.
0: <laughs> so so Arkansas must be quite a change. You're out here for a, a, a minute I guess.
1: Yeah I'm out here for 45 days coming out here to work with Guatney Performance Innovations and they've been walking me through building my motor so it's nice to move out here for like a month and a half learning the culture eating all the fried chicken. <laughs> It's been
0: oh, isn't it great? I mean, that isn't that I mean, there's going to be restaurants here you don't want to go home.
1: Yeah, but I also miss my food at home as a well. A lot
0: of good barbecue.
1: Oh yeah, it's been hard to find salads and healthy food here though. <laughs> I miss it.
0: You do have a Boilos in in Phoenix, I believe. A boy. A Mexican restaurant's pretty darn good. Oh yeah, Abuelos. A I
1: think a few of you have mentioned that. Yeah,
0: that's a good place. Oh, you need to.
1: I know, need you go check it out.
0: Did you grow up though in a Chevrolet family?
1: Not at all. My family are not car people whatsoever. I naturally fell in love with it in high school, and my dad bought me my first car. It's a Kia Optima. Yeah. And I fell in love with cleaning it, detailing it, and. Maybe it was an ego thing in high school, but I wanted my car to be better than everyone else. So I slowly started adding little modifications like classy dip and tint. you know, oh, yeah. starting little. And then I just watched YouTube videos and started learning the whole world of aftermarket modifications and just wanted to be able to work on my car just in case I ran into an issue as well on the side of the street being like a female. Um, sometimes- it's a
0: key. There's a chance that was going to happen.
1: Yeah, like maybe a tire explodes or the motor. The
0: motor explodes.
1: 60,000 miles. Those things, you know, light up on fire.
0: But do you still have that first car?
1: No, I sold it. And that's how I bought my Camaro.
0: You you realize there will be a day you miss it. Uh, Like if I I could have my first truck back, even though it's a Nissan hard to body. I'd love to have that first try, just to to have it.
1: Really? I feel like my first car now in my heart is the Camaro. Is
0: the Camaro. Yeah,
1: I could never get rid of that thing.
0: But did you take any shop classes in high school? I did not. You just, just no exposure to it
1: no exposure my family actually tried to stop me for a while i was like hey dad i'm gonna try to change out my brakes and he was like stop don't do that like that's the most important part of the car And like well that means it should be the easiest to work on
0: <laughs> well that's true yeah now, were you actually changing the rotors and everything or you just putting brake pads on your car
1: i did rotors and brake pads
0: well i mean that's not too not complicated too but you just watch youtube and go along what, what were some of the early youtubers that help you learn to do this stuff
1: Man, even like Chris Fix It and then TJ Hunt, Adam LZ, those are all enthusiast based, you know, car people. Uh, I wanted to see the culture and like what they say when they hang out with friends and just it seemed like really fun. It was like a world of the unknown. Yep. So I've been. I mean, everyone, I can't even think. There's so many. I probably watch at least 50 different YouTubers. That was a huge motivation to get me started into YouTube. So I'm like, wow, this YouTube's changed my life. Now I want to change other people's lives.
0: Well, like the the Camaro obviously was a great choice, but did you consider Mustangs or did, was there any other thing you thought about? What led to the Camaro over the others?
1: Yeah, I actually drove a 2015 GT Mustang for six months before I bought the Camaro It was my grandmother's and she lended it to me and I just love the muscle car feeling and I actually wanted a WRX, a Subaru, and I went for a test drive and a manual and I absolutely hated the way it drove. I was like, this thing's not fast enough for me. Um, It didn't feel girthy and powerful. just kind of went and I was banging gears and didn't feel like I was going anywhere. So then I test drove the Camaro and right off the bat, I fell in love with it. And I loved it more than the Mustang, even though it was a 2013, which is my Camaro year.
0: Still. And it's cool.
1: Fell in love with it. All my guy friends, too, were like, you need an LS. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and I would drive in, like, all these different LS cars and all these other built cars. And LS was my favorite.
0: So, oh, okay. So, did, I mean, you had a V8 Camaro to start with, I guess. Or did you have a V6 car? I don't know.
1: No, I just jumped from my Kia into my oh, 2013. needing
0: Camaro. an LS engine in something.
1: Yeah, The Camaro
0: has an LS3. Pretty cool. Your grandma drives a sports car though. Right? How cool is that?
1: She's awesome. (laughs) Enjoying life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. So the Camaro you have, for those listening, I would think it's kind of like the bumblebee year of the cars, correct? Of the transformers and the round headlights.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That came out in 2009, and then this generation Camaro's at 2010 to 2015, so...
0: Have they changed a lot? I know the LS3 was in, uh, like, my C6 Corvette there for a while. I guess they shared an engine for a while.
1: Yeah, they shared. Oh, it had an LS2, then it upgraded to an LS3 for the Corvettes. But the Camaros just instantly came out with an LS3. I so got gotcha. you. Wanted the V8 right away. and Now, with the newer generation Camaros, they obviously changed the motor
0: tell us how like addictive this stuff is does it start with some easy inexpensive mods what does it start with and then where does it end up
1: i don't think there's ever an end there's no end (laughs) it it just keeps going and going yeah it does Uh, i think definitely start small i mean if you're don't even know how to change an oil you can't you know swap an engine So true. Yeah. Yeah. Like just learning how to paint small things or learning how to change out a cold air intake. A lot of people can't even do that or they're intimidating. You can't really mess that up. At the end of the day, you could completely take that off your car and still run fine. (laughs) So. And you could get
0: what you could gain. Let's say you do that. You can gain a handful of horsepower, I guess. Correct.
1: Off a cold air intake, or yeah, let's say
0: you do a cold air kit, could, could that be five horsepower? What are you going to get out of that?
1: Exactly five, yeah,
0: right at five.
1: I'm not even sure that's to the wheel.
0: <laughs> Did you start messing with exhaust on your own? Did you think about that? Obviously, a lot of people want something that's louder, correct?
1: Yeah, I was never really into that. Maybe because I wasn't raised in a car family, I didn't want my car too loud and I didn't want it to, to be too showy. So I try to go with more of a simplistic design overall in my car so I never actually touched the exhaust and to this day my exhaust is stock Uh, but I did change my long tube headers which technically does make it louder and took off the cats which I'm now reversing I'm putting cats on back back on my car because of federal regulations oh well, of
0: course i mean we would yeah wanna, you know violate <laughs> sadly anything. at least say here on the radio you're putting them back on yeah I completely mean, legal of course
1: yeah, i made dumb decisions back in the day we're going back legal
0: <laughs> we've never had a hot rider on the show that that wanted their car to be quiet so you're you're definitely a first
1: I don't. I want to say I want it to be quiet, though. My car is very, very loud. My eardrums, I think, are a little broken today. It would probably take a week for them to recover.
0: <laughs> well, when you say not too flashy, the car is 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 white, right? It's it's yeah. kind of it's not like stand out on purpose, right? Exactly. It's not just crazy. Is it? Is it kind of like a sleeper? Like if you looked at it, you might assume it was stock.
1: That's what I try to go after. So I went to school for transportation design. And it's basically designing cars for OEM, like manufacturers like Chevrolet and whatever, Subaru, Nissan. So I know the whole OEM side of cars. So I wanted to incorporate that into the aftermarket world. So all these designers design cars to, they want it to look a certain way. For example, the Toyota Supra, everybody loved that concept. Oh, yeah. And then when it came out in production, everybody was disappointed. But that's because of safety regulations and, Uh, crash safety testing, and all these regulations, right? They have to kind of dumb it down, (laughs) make the music. Yeah,
0: I mean, I read like pop-up headlights are never coming back because a pedestrian would get hung up if they got hit.
1: Exactly. So, I
0: mean, there's a lot of things that's went away. Like, I love the FJ Cruiser because it looks so weird. Yep. You know, it's like a toy a talking truck that somebody just built one you know
1: and those steel bumpers will hurt a person pretty bad (laughs) yeah
0: i would think and in design you know manufacturers seem to have kind of a theme you know where like if you look at a taillight of a c8 it very much looks like a camaro taillight
1: oh for sure brand recognition's huge
0: that's a big part isn't it is
1: massive yeah because if you design a car that doesn't look like your company and then it's like not even your company at the end of the day Just like everything I produce, I can't produce something that's just like so outstandish. Maybe it'll go viral for a minute, but it's got to bring back. And everybody, when they see it, will be like, that's Kayla Rundle's car.
0: I guess your website is KaylaRundle.com, right?
1: Yes, I actually have two. And oh, now you have design. two websites. Yes.
0: <laughs> so tell me about your design business. You do some art. You're wearing a shirt. I guess you drew this of your car and whatnot.
1: Yes, I drew this on Photoshop. I do like automotive renders, and I learned this at Art Center at Transportation for my transportation de- design degree. So that's where I learned how to properly render realistically uh, any cars. So it
0: is so much fun, isn't it?
1: It's a blast. We have a
0: lot in common. Like this is my coloring books here. I do all these, I made all these coloring books. Oh, you made them? I loved, oh, yeah, I love to draw and and I (laughs) love all that stuff. I mean, it's just so much fun. Um, You know, I wanted to ask you about females being in this hobby, you know, seems rare or was it always a thing, but we just didn't know about it because social media didn't exist? I mean, do you, other girls, you have girlfriends that like y'all get together and work on your cars or how's that go?
1: Uh, definitely it's more male dominated. That's for sure. It's definitely very difficult for me to find, you know, car girlfriends, but there are a ton of us. And I think a lot of car girls hide out because it gets more embarrassing to put yourself out there because in the beginning, uh, you know, it's kind of embarrassing people think you are like a different kind of girl. You're not as girly, you know, nails and coffee and shopping. You're in the garage getting dirty and smelly and, you know, hands all dirty. <laughs> right. So it's not the most girly thing to do uh, just for stereotype wise. But there definitely are the car- a ton of car girls out there and it's getting way more popular nowadays. And social media is definitely helping with that. I know a lot of girls have been reaching out to me, seeing everything I do and they asked for help, and they've been slowly getting into it. So the numbers are rising for all the car girls.
0: What's so impressive about what you do, if you go and watch your videos and stuff, you're not just like putting on some bolt-on thing. I mean, you are building an engine. Yes. I mean, that's like next-level kind of stuff. Do you just love that? Do you love the precision of it? or I guess it's very kind of mathematical in a way, where like your drawing is creative, but when you build an engine that's precision.
1: Yeah, you know, I, this is my first engine I've ever built and luckily I do have GPI walking me through it. Um, I honestly prefer the process instead of like, just saying I like the engine building or suspension. I just enjoy learning. So I'll just, you know, put myself out there and be like, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. And at the end of the day, cars, I always say cars are Legos.
0: Yeah, <laughs> They are.
1: In a way there's always an instruction manual.
0: <laughs> well, they're model kits. They're just one to one scale.
1: It's just all nuts and bolts, and yeah. nothing's really that difficult. At the end of the day, if another person can do it, I feel like I could do it.
0: Well, of course. What you yeah. know? What do they say? What one man can do, another man can do. Exactly. It's kind of an nothing's old term. Nothing's stopping
1: us. Nothing's well, of course really not. that scary. Just have to go after it.
0: You just trade your, your Care Bears for Hot Wheels is, you know, what you did basically. I'll take both. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You know, so uh, tell us about your relationship with GPI. How did you discover them and then what has come from it?
1: Yeah. So two years ago, uh, about, yeah, literally about two years ago, I installed my own camshaft, which is in the internals of a motor. That's what makes the car chop. (laughs) And I also did the Melian's oil pump just to regulate oil pressure along with BTR valve springs. So all that I bought from GPI two years ago. And I naturally represented them on my social medias just because I love them as a company. Even though I'm like a full on customer, I just support the companies I love no matter what. And, And then I became an affiliate with them a year after that. So now a year ago from today. And so I've been representing them and I basically like make money off of sales and I just help a ton of people out. So I'm kind of like an employee in a way is how people put well, it. sure. Yeah. And then a month ago, or I guess it's been a month since I've been here, a month and a half ago, I was like, Hey, let's start on this project together. Let's build this thing up and let's market the crap out of your company.
0: <laughs> well, GPI or Gwantney Performance Innovation is very well known. Um, I'm, my dad got married in Minnesota this past weekend. I was up there and there were people at the wedding talking about Gwatney performance.
1: Really? And talk then about they cars? figure
0: out, yeah, talk about car. Oh yeah. They, <laughs> he wedding? got married at a shop basically. <laughs> okay. And they're at, they're like shocked that I like work for Gwatney. You know, it's like, we put their parts on all the time.
1: You're like, you're a celebrity. Yeah, I,
0: to them. Yeah, yeah. You know.
1: I've been getting people across the world saying, wow, you're working with GPI. And it's amazing talking with Aaron, one of the owners. Yes. He's, he thinks, I think he feels like it's still small. And I'm like, oh man, people from like Saudi Arabia and Europe are like, oh my gosh, GPI. So I'm very lucky to have this experience and like be with all these professionals walking me through the whole process because as I explain, I kind of know like the getaway of doing things, even though it works, there's always like a better way to improve and to make your car more reliable. And I'm trying to go in that
0: direction. So
1: grateful that GPI is walking me through it.
0: I always thought Ryan Stevens is like the real life, one of those characters (laughs) from fast and the furious, you know what I mean? Like he should be in the movies or they're playing him in the movies with all of his tuning and all. Is it, it's cool to just hang around down there.
1: Oh, my gosh. All the guys are so much fun. They're great. They're very patient, and they're loud, and we all eat good food, have a good time.
0: That's hey, awesome. Brian's how was it? Oh, yeah. How was it putting your car on the dyno for the first time?
1: Well, we actually put my engine, after we built it, we put it on the engine dyno. So okay. that's without the car, just the engine on the right. dyno itself. So that's like power to the flywheel. And- I was actually filming just like a little vlog. I, we didn't start it yet, and Aaron, of course, turned the engine on right behind me, and I jumped. It scared.
0: Me you so left that bad. in the video, right? Yeah, I well, haven't of course posted it
1: yet, but it scared me. So there was no nerves really building up because I wasn't expecting it. Uh, the startup after we installed the fuel system with the engine in the car was definitely intimidating because it doesn't crank over right away. So we had to crank it, you know, five, six times to even get it going, which a lot of customers don't see that side. And there's nothing wrong with it. That's just what happens with new fuel systems. So. It just
0: sounds like a Ford. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a just great me. way to put
1: it. I'm still in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sound.
0: Tell yeah. me if somebody wants to get into this. Here's the thing. Would you recommend somebody, look, have your daily driver. Don't go doing this to the car that you got to get to work every day. I mean, you're kind of building a race car, right? I mean, is that the best idea to to maybe not be modding what you have to rely on?
1: There's definitely a certain level of how much you should and shouldn't do. I didn't. So I just did bolt-ons for my Camaro. So I did like hooks, long tube headers, and like cold air intake, and tune, That was my daily driver every single day. That did great. And I wouldn't put a cam in it and do all the the whole new motor swap because you never know what's going to happen. No, OEM's best. They spend millions and millions of dollars testing every single thing they put in all these cars. It's the safest and most reliable option at the end of the day. So now I got my Civic as a daily. And ever since I got my Civic, I have just, you know, going all out building my car and so I definitely recommend like guys don't go too crazy because your car will probably end up in a shop for a month or two I've seen a lot of people just sitting at home with no car
0: <laughs> well at some point I guess a car could end up not street legal right what takes it to that level
1: that too that can get pretty serious though That takes a lot of money uh I mean if you chop off your cats and everything it right. can still be street legal based off of emissions uh, per state I'm not sure. I think Arkansas is pretty lenient here. Yeah, there's no
0: inspections or anything like that. Yeah. But in California, you might be in trouble.
1: Yeah, I got pulled over five times in six months in California with just my cam and my Camaro. Really? Yeah. Never they got hate a
0: fun, don't they?
1: they really? really? Do. I know. I never got a ticket, though, so I'm not mad about it.
0: Good grief. But that's just kind of, that's just petty. I mean, yeah. come on. That's where you make all the Fast and Furious movies. It's like, you know.
1: You can't even drive to Malibu. That's the strictest road. Cops see any sort of performance car and they'll just pull you over for no reason. And they'll always make up a reason.
0: Oh, well, of course. Yeah. I'm planning to drive my C8 out there and go up the coast. I'm sure I'll probably get pulled over. Who knows? I
1: don't know. There's a lot of seats out there now. You might blend in.
0: Oh, maybe I could. You never know. Hey, we're talking with Kayla Rundle. What is your website again? Both websites.
1: I have KaylaRundle.com. That's kind of a link website to everything I have and all the companies. And then I have Design.com. That's where all the information is about all my automotive renders and my merchandise that I sell of the shirt I'm wearing right now on this podcast.
0: And Blinker Fluid, some of the best Blinker Fluid on the market.
1: Yeah, it has sparkles in it. If
0: someone wants to get big on social media, what's the key to growing your platform?
1: I always have one word. I just say, I say to stay consistent.
0: So that probably means don't go silent for a period of time or don't go doing something crazy off topic from what you're known for. Is that right?
1: Exactly. I always say create like a brand and you have to stay exactly towards that niche or niche. And you can't steer away from it because then you'll bring in all these, you know, different audiences That don't really make sense it'll start unfollowing you as soon as you post something new so for really i chose the car route i just post my camaro every day it's a really fun hobby building it and you know i post every single day and on youtube i try to post every four days or once a week at minimum and you know if i take two weeks off i already start dropping followers so you have to keep posting keep posting you never know what will go viral you never know what will do bad like we were talking about so if
0: you make a video are you going to use that same video on Instagram and it's going to be on Facebook? It's going to be on all the platforms, the same piece of content?
1: No, it's all different.
0: They're always different.
1: Yeah. You can sometimes repost things from like Instagram reels onto TikTok, but that's max. I always try to switch it up because you want your audience to be able to jump plat- platforms. You want them to look at your TikTok and be like, oh wow, I'm learning who she really is. Or like the funny side of her, her messing up. And then you go to my YouTube you're like wow she really wrenches on her own car she knows what she's talking about and then you go to my instagram and i'm like posing with the car and doing fun edits so then you're like you want to keep going across all the platforms and then they all can grow independently along with being together
0: say like you and i love these cars but we also love air jordan so like if you were going to do a shoe channel you would create a whole different channel or a whole different account
1: I would have to create a whole new account. I actually made one sneaker video just because I love it so much. Oh, I do too. And it's my least favorite or my least viewed video out of all my videos. And I spent a long time making it. Really? That. And I even showed Sam shoes, my partner. And yeah, all the best shoes. I see all these shoe videos going viral. It's just not my audience.
0: That's interesting though. I mean, yeah. you would think. I, I know what you're saying though because – things have to be so specific. Like I'm all into the Dukes of Hazard, And I remember one year at Dukes Fest, we invited Adam West who was still alive, who was the original Batman. Wow. No one at his table to see him. I mean, this was the original Batman, a huge star really in pop culture. But because he was not associated with the Dukes of Hazard. Like, the crowd just couldn't accept the crossover. It's like, I can't like two things. Well, hell, I like a hundred things. Yeah. You know, bring Batman and the Hulk and...
1: It's almost like picking a character. Yeah. And you have to stick with it. Yeah,
0: it's very, very specific. You know, I guess everything kind of works that way. Which one is best for you? Obviously, you have the most followers on TikTok.
1: Yeah, and I... Like TikTok the least. Really, <laughs> I prefer YouTube over everything, even though it's my lowest, you know, subscriber count. But those subscribers almost mean more than TikTok followers in my eyes, at least. Maybe to some companies, it can be questionable, but I definitely made the most impact on my life through YouTube of working with companies. Um, it's way, way, way harder to build a YouTube channel over a TikTok. A TikTok has. I don't know if you've heard of the word algorithm. Sure, uh, it's just how it's like the mathematics, mm-hmm. mathematics and analytics behind all social media platforms. On TikTok, there's no math to it. There's no, you know, list on how to be famous.
0: You just put them out there.
1: Yes, yeah, so you just have to post a million different things, and I overthink everything I post. So I, you know, put a lot of time into every single post. So if I do that with TikTok, I'm just wasting my time because. Because quality
0: doesn't matter. Quality
1: doesn't matter. You get to post whatever you want. But on YouTube, I do quality posts every single video, and they're 15 to 20 minutes long each. And it's pretty consistent on there. No matter what, I typically get 10,000 views per video at the very minimum.
0: It kind of sucks, though, in a way that when you like to produce quality content Mm -hmm. and like some junk on an old flip phone can get so many views. Like, there's no quality at all. Yep. And, and you can't outdo that. I mean, it's just strange to me. It would be like... All these people like Hydrox better than Oreos. Well, hell, nobody likes Hydrox better than Oreos. Oh, but those people do. That's just weird to me.
1: It is very strange. That's why I can't really get into TikTok.
0: <laughs> and you also, you you get you probably run into the format thing because things like TikTok are are vertical video, like the shape of a phone, and YouTube kind of calls more for landscape like a movie correct
1: exactly yeah i have to double film everything because i have to make instagram reels which is the same layout as tiktoks and those are vertical so when i film stuff for youtube i typically film one shot horizontal one shot vertical just in case so it's double the work just for that added Ah. algorithm piece because you know you have youtube shorts tiktok and instagram reels all competing against each other
0: Tell me about working with Holly because I really like that company.
1: Yeah, it's a classic muscle car company. Uh, they just went public, I believe, almost a year ago. So they've really expanded. I think they definitely have uh, probably 100 companies underneath their belt.
0: Oh, they just bought Brothers Trucks, which gotten all my money so for years. Companies.
1: Yeah. I got connected to Holly Performance through Detroit Speed, which is in, I believe, North or South Carolina. I'm on the West Coast, so I don't know the East Coast states very well. <laughs> and that's they're known for suspension and classic muscle car builds from ground up restorations, basically, resto mods. And I was obsessed with them. I went out and visited them and drove all the way there. And then the guy that was in charge of the marketing at Detroit Speed ended up becoming the marketing guy at Holly. And I just ah. stayed connected. And I always went to LS Best for like the last five oh, of years of my life. And I just made friends with everybody over time, which always helps. Connections is huge and no matter what industry you're in.
0: Can you name off some of the game changing products? To me, the Holly Sniper is one of the most revolutionary products in the hot rod world.
1: Oh yeah. And the Holly Dominator.
0: I mean, they got the some EFI incredible system. stuff.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know what product to pick because there's so many different companies. Like my favorite on my Camaro is just my Detroit Speed stuff, but it's not necessarily Holly. and I have the MSD manifold, which they just have that company as well. It's a great intake manifold.
0: But They're just buying everything.
1: Oh my gosh, I could I could talk about their products for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never know what they actually own.
0: Would people be surprised at the kind of money that are in some of these cars? I mean, to you and I, we might see a 2015 Camaro, but if you really know what you're looking at with all the mods, it's, I it's, it's huge, expensive. isn't it?
1: expensive. Yeah. I joke with my friends. I say research and development.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And, you know, some builds, you know, $500,000 all day just to... Restore a classic vehicle.
0: Oh, easily. I mean, I remember with GPI, we got involved in some of these off road things. They're like razors, but they're bigger. $100,000 four wheeler.
1: Oh, yeah. Like Can Am's and.
0: Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, that stuff are totally custom. Yeah. You know, where the frame and everything has been built and there's an LS motor in it.
1: Must be lighter, stronger, faster. The suspension and the suspension travel is crazy so much people
0: are into this stuff big oh absolutely so you've spent some time I've seen videos where you're like cleaning a Ferrari and stuff like that how does one of those for for some of us that never get around that thing how does it compare to Corvettes and Camaros I mean is it a different world or would some people be surprised that the domestic stuff is 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 good in some ways
1: I personally love domestic over any supercar I always look at Look for the personality of a car. Some cars can be almost so perfect to where you don't have an emotion towards a car. And that's what I've realized with a lot of supercar owners. They don't really ever get attached to their vehicle. It becomes more ego-driven. I always look for the culture when people buy cars.
0: And it's an investment. They can't really enjoy it like you
1: yeah, it depends how much money they have. Sometimes they can sometimes they don't just care. But putting them.
0: miles on them is a thing. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. People don't want to buy a supercar with more than five thousand miles. Like <laughs> Isn't that
0: correct. Like it's worn out.
1: Yeah, exactly. But then again, that's like with the muscle cars, when you're building cars super insane, they don't last as long. OEM will last the longest. So if you build, you know, a Camaro to be just as capable as a new Ferrari. You can't drive it for that long either. So miles really matter at that point.
0: That's true. Did you name your Camaro? Like these Jeep guys all have the name on the hood. What's the name of the Camaro?
1: Oh, I'm terrible. Her name's Camaro.
0: (laughs) Oh, how original.
1: (gasps) Right? (laughs) So creative.
0: (laughs) Would you explain to the audience, sometimes in your videos you talk about NA, or a lot of people don't build NA anymore. Explain what that is.
1: Yeah. So NA means naturally aspirated. That is typically a car with no power adders and power adders are turbos, superchargers, prochargers. So there's no force power. Even nitrous is a power adder. So naturally aspirated, they also call it all motor. So it's yes. all the power, all to the motor, nothing added to push more power. Uh, It's kind of a flex to build a really, really good naturally aspirated motor because that means all the internals have to be on point, perfect, you know, very high tolerance. It gets kind of scary because it's much easier to push power just by pushing more air.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I guess in a way you're a a factory engine is typically in a correct. So you're almost kind of staying stock the same theory.
1: Yeah. The, I have the Camaro SS, so that is an NA motor. Uh, you can get a ZL1, but that's a power adder that has a supercharger on it. Uh, a lot of factory cars nowadays have turbos because that is more fuel efficient, mm-hmm. uh, better miles per gallon because you have a smaller motor with a power adder on it to just make as much power as an NA motor. That pushes more gas.
0: Explain the, the differences between most the most common person does not know the difference between a turbocharger and how it will perform and say a supercharger and how it performs what's the differences or the pros and cons with that
1: oh boy now you're getting into knowledge i hardly know i'm a naturally aspirated girl at heart uh i haven't really (laughs) dwelled into that world too much but a supercharger is typically on the top end of your motor it replaces the intake manifold Mm -hmm. Uh, if you look at the motor, that's where all the air comes through your cold air intake. And then pro chargers and turbos, turbos will typically be in the exhaust. It's just like sucking air out of the engine, which in turn pulls more air. And si- similar, I do deal with like pro chargers. They're like offset where like your cold air intake is.
0: So like a supercharger has power more instantly, correct? Where a turbo has to spin up. It's not like that
1: yeah it depends if you go small or big turbo really two or one if you have one big turbo uh, if you think about it just physics it just takes a long time to spool up so it takes time to fill that entire turbo up to then add power uh it's really popular for people to get superchargers because it has more instantaneous power
0: i've noticed that like a lot of chevy trucks even full-size trucks now have like a small four-cylinder engine but they put a turbo on it
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about with the miles per gallon, saving fuel, because it's a smaller motor, you don't need as much gas, but then you just make as much power.
0: So when you hear about these people doing stuff like NOS, when you get into that world, have you now effectively shortened the life of your engine, guaranteed? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you really have, I mean, now, you know, I'm not getting 300,000 miles out of this thing.
1: Nitrous is really scary. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever go there. I might do it just for a video. Maybe if I know I'm gonna replace my motor, but that's very, very scary. While I was at well, I was here in Arkansas with GPI, they always talked about how their favorite customers are nitrous owners.
0: Because <laughs> there's going to be another engine at they'll, some point. They'll
1: be back probably a few times a year with issues with their motor.
0: It's like getting into steroids or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, we call it the poor man's turbo is nitrous.
0: You just put that on there. It looks yeah. like a little scuba tank. I think they even have an energy <laughs> drink that looks like NOS now yeah, or something, it's
1: don't they? NOS. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. <laughs>
0: That's that's kind of smart marketing, isn't it?
1: Very smart, and they're always at car shows too, handing out free NOS energy drinks. Well, of course
0: they are. Oh yeah. So tell me about. Uh, there's got to be car movies that you love. What's some of your favorites?
1: Ooh. I might sound kind of lame, but I like Fast and Furious. Oh I sure, all of those. I'm trying to think of car movies.
0: Oh, there's a lot. I mean, there's the Dukes of Hazard. There's yeah. uh, Knight Rider.
1: Night Rider's cool. Yeah, it's a
0: pretty cool car.
1: Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, TV show or movie girl. I'm always just always doing something. You're always actively building something outside. Yeah, I'll have something you know, rolling in the background, but prefer like car edits and like YouTube videos. And
0: it takes a lot of time just to make your own videos.
1: Oh yeah. I'll be sometimes filming a video for three, four days on end, working on my car, and then it takes another day or two to fully edit it, if not longer. So to make a video a week, if you think about it, that's like a seven-day process. That's nonstop.
0: Here's a loaded question. Do you really think people like you, are we really ever going to give up these loud, cool cars for these electric cars? Do you ever see the whole performance world going, oh man, I want to get the bigger battery. That sounds exciting.
1: I mean, the Tesla owners are already doing that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it just sounds freaking boring.
1: It is, yeah. Speed gets to a limit to where our human bodies can't even uh, physically deal with it. So that's why we can't... Even though we have the technology to make cars really, really fast, human bodies can't deal. Like, we'll shut down or too much G-force will kill us or make us pass out while we're driving. So it'll eventually come to a stop, but I think... The muscle car lovers, I think they'll always be there just because generations pass it on. But the government can definitely stop production of fuel-injected vehicles. So that... Is't really up to us the only thing we can pass on is having the vehicles that we have today stay on the road for as long as we can
0: oh forever like in Cuba you know they're driving like 1955 Chevy's around you yeah, know I'm because they jealous. can't import anything you I know
1: go there and visit <laughs> it's
0: kind of cool you know that <laughs> that is. exists I just don't see gearheads getting excited about batteries and I just you know oh I got the new charger you know I mean who cares yeah. It seems I, lame. I
1: don't, yeah, I'm not really into that stuff. I get it if you just want a car to drive around. And I guess it's cool to gap all the muscle cars because you have a battery. But the raw enthusiast that can build an engine and understand how it all works is, at the end of the day, super impressive over any of that stuff to me.
0: I kind of think it's the next version of when, when I as a kid in 85, Coca-Cola changed the formula to Coca-Cola. And they had thought they had made the world new and better, and everybody was going to be excited. Six months later, oh, the original Coca Cola is back. They everybody like, yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> likes this, and and to this day, there are other countries that still sell that new Coke, but this in America, we just don't like it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Just like if fuel goes out, that's such a big industry. All these yeah. gas stations, there's no way those can all just disappear.
0: I don't it's think a so.
1: Huge government money maker.
0: Well, I just drove to like Minnesota and back over the weekend, which was nuts, but I didn't see no charging stations. Oh, no. And the trip would have taken a lot longer if we'd had to pull over and Absolutely. charge, and then we'd had to eat that terrible food up there and you know, in the, those northern states. Oh, yeah. So, you know. In
1: California this week, they are telling everybody to not charge their electric vehicles after recently releasing that they're no longer going to have a gas car i
0: saw that yeah so, so no more gas cars after 2035 but now you don't can't charge now you can't even charge what you got yeah so i mean that's just
1: i think they're just messing with us at this point yeah i, th- I think just, they're here to I don't stay get it. in the design world for my school i'm with all like these super well-known automotive designers that work high up in all these oem companies sure and they said that hybrid vehicles are probably here to stay and for the long term because then you have a mix of engine and battery so you're still able to fill up with gas but it's way more fuel efficient and like emissions wise. So So I
0: guess that engine is charging that battery in a way.
1: Exactly. Kind of like a Prius. It'll just recharge its system. Yeah. And it's like half the effort
0: there's probably some potential on that i would think
1: for sure i think that was probably is what's going to last the longest over because all the batteries if you have a huge battery and a tesla those all have to get buried you can't recycle those like a motor
0: <laughs> you, yeah you just can't do it Mm-mm. when your video started you did a lot more like detail detailing cars. you are you still into that part you just don't focus on that as much
1: I love detailing as a kid I would clean my kitchen for my parents for fun like when I was like seven <laughs> years old <laughs> so when I got my Kia I got into detailing watching all those videos that slowly rolled into you know working on my car and I actually met Sam and he's a professional detailer um
0: I need to get you working on the C8 out there oh the I would love to. it is filthy
1: I just enjoy the process. Like I said, I'll enjoy the process of everything detailing. You can have a disgusting vehicle that's scratched, looks disgusting, and then I'll work on it, you know, for four hours and it'll be pristine. I'm like, wow. I'm like if I could just do that to every single car on this planet, I'll be so happy. The whole car will be sparkly and shiny.
0: <laughs> Did you ever attempt ceramic coating? Yes. That's kind of the new thing now. It's that's kinda of big.
1: It is. I was intimidated by ceramic coating in the beginning because it definitely has a different shine. Uh, most people would never see the difference. between. It looks the cool. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So I applied that on my wrapped Camaro and I did have it wrapped about two years ago and it went really well and it was relatively easy to install myself. I've been trying to put out a lot of content to like get people to do it themselves because there's a lot of great consumer ceramic coatings that you can install yourself. And then it gets more into pro grade ceramic coatings, which you have to be certified to install. So a lot of Big detailing companies do that. And I installed that on my recently painted Camaro because I got it the whole car repainted. And that coating, I mean, you could like scratch it, you could do anything, and it's never has a scratch on That's it.
0: That's incredible. Awesome. Kayla Rundle, give us your websites again, right quick.
1: Yeah. So it's kaylarundle.com and kaylarundledesign.com.
0: Man, I appreciate you guys listening to Gwadney Unplugged. We'll see you next week. This has been Guadney Unplugged with Scott Romine, sponsored by Guadney Chevrolet and Guadney Buick GMC.